in ARG Studios for another exciting episode of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your personal friend, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who's here live in living color. He exists. He's not CGI. I give you the Brent. Don't touch me. <laughs> what? I was just proving no, that you're no, real. No, no. Don't make me refile the restraining oh, order. I'll God, do it. Fine. So, if you joined us last week, the Brent. Yes, I we did. Sp- we spun the wheel. Yeah. We made the exciting deal. It was. It was a good deal. And this week, as requested by one Rob Flack O'Hara, <sighs> we're going to be playing games about superheroes, superhero <laughs> games this week on the show. Yes. Uh, a wide variety of games available uh, for us to choose from this week. Absolutely. Now, do you have any favorites in the genre of superheroes, the brand? Oh, favorites? Absolutely. Like what? Without a like? doubt, it, it, it's City Heroes. Well, I mean, it's not even a contest. But, I mean, what else aside from that? Oh, I mean... <sighs> the Spider-Man games were really good. Yeah. Uh, although I have not been able to play the last few due to the systems that they're you on. You know what was a really good one was the one on the Dreamcast, where at the end you fight the, the, the uh, a Dr. Octopus gets carnage all over him and you have to fight them both, like a big weird thing. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. uh, the beat em, all the beat-em-ups are fun. E.T., <laughs> um, e. of course, a classic. You idiot. Uh, if, you, if you look even farther back, uh, when you're talking Atari 8-bit games, uh, the, the, the Superman on there was a, a game. It was. A, um, <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> Low praise for that so, one. Some of the NES games where you fight the Sinister Six uh, were also games. Uh, really? Yeah, that's those sucked. I had one of the PC. Superhero games are very hit and miss. Yeah, um, the NES had a lot of crappy ones because they also had the uh, the one that had arcade in it. Yes, remember that one? Absolutely remember and, that. And one. that one, that one was no Murderland or Murder World or something like that. Yeah. Uh, what about the turtles, Aaron? They're superheroes, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, well, what do you mean you guess? Well, they also had a crappy game on the NES. <laughs> like, no, well, actually, I really, really liked that game. I liked all the versions of Turtles on the NES. Um, what are some other things that you don't really think of? What the 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 uh, Sunset Moo game where you play as the cows and the shooters? Cowboys of Moo Mesa. There you go. Well, they're, I mean, yeah, I guess they're sorta. technically superheroes. Yeah, I mean, they were. It's a fun game, but that's a comic no one rates. They're like Cowlicks and Dinosaurs. I mean, yep. it existed. Absolutely. I, uh, you know... Batman what, on the NES was one of the best games ever. You know, me and the boat played a version of that on the ZX Spectrum. That was uh, interesting. Uh, surprisingly good. Uh, at least surprising for me. But most of the superhero genre stuff, I mean, the, the good stuff early on, I thought was in the arcade. Fighting games. Like, well, oh, remember, remember Captain America the Avengers? That yep. was a personal favorite. I mean, it's, the thing is, it's not even a good game, but it's, it was cool. It was the cabinet looked cool. It was four players. Absolutely. Yep. And you could play, you could, and then there was that really wacky Spider Man game in the arcade where you could play as Hawkeye. That zoomed in and out. Yeah, that was yep. a pretty, that was a real neat game yep. that I used to like. But really, once the fighting games and the Capcom uh, stuff kicked in, then you really had a lot of fun with those. The X Men Children of the Atom. Was a really fun. Uh, I mean, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? The that original fighting game. That the what's the first I remember in the Marvel superheroes. Was that which did Marvel come before or after X Men? I can't remember. Do you? Mm, boy, your timeline wise, I do not recall. Yeah, uh, I they had the, the the Affinity Stone one. That was that was Marvel superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then of course you had the crossovers with Street Fighter. So those were a lot of fun. Uh, when they the home stuff, I, like I said, I like the Dreamcast uh, Spider Man. That was a lot of fun. 
Also, uh, like the Batmans that they came out with the newer ones. Absolutely, yes. You know, uh, uh, that had that really kind of made you feel like Batman. Although, really, they got the Batman games pretty well done with the the ones based on the animated series. I thought those were well, pretty good. Those were beat em ups. The, the Super Nintendo one I thought was was pretty neat, where you fought the Joker on the on the uh, roller coaster. Yeah. Well, okay, here's the thing with superhero games. Yeah. You've got ones that are top tier. I mean, the, some of the latest Spider Mans uh, are. are just visually incredible and uh, stunning gameplay. And you've got your, your fighting games in the 90s, and then you've got your beat-em-ups in the early 90s, late 80s, and then you've got you know your home system superhero games. But mixed in there are some of the worst titles of all time. That's true. They are really up-in-the-air super great games or down-to-the-bottom Superman 64 games. It's remarkable the spectrum that superhero games follow. Aquaman comes to mind. <laughs> but yeah, of course, Superman. The sad thing about Superman 64 is like that. That's based on the animated show, which is great. Yeah. Well, so they, they yeah. dropped the ball on that. That's one. a whole episode. Yeah. Someone mentioned that the Hulk, the Hulk games. There are some bad Hulk games. There are a couple really fun ones. Yeah, that really make you feel yeah, you, you know big and mutated. Did you ever play any of those Marvel Ultimate Alliance games? Um, yes, I did. Uh, not for long, not really my, my bag, but they do exist. Yeah, they were sort of like, what were they going for? The something else like a Diablo kind of thing? Well, or, yeah, but it, I know, mean, it, I, I didn't get it, into, it, all that stuff was so pay to, pay to win, it was ridiculous. It, you think? Oh, yeah. 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 So know. the online, some of the, the cell phone game was just, uh, were. Uh, you know, really, the other thing with superhero games, you have to, not only did they, really span the spectrums of good and bad but platformers fighters shooters uh beat-em-ups all of it covered right so yeah it, it, they cover it and also when you hear about a game getting canceled i think there's like a 50 percent chance it's a superhero game yeah <laughs> even way back in the day they did that yeah yeah it's it's funny of course they they just grind these things out i mean superheroes are they they're an easy target for they a do. video game yes uh, and so you just get tons, and we're going to keep getting. I mean, everything from. I mean, I think there was a Watchmen game for God's sake. So I mean, stuff you wouldn't even think about, but they got games. Uh, well, I'm waiting for a the superhero kart racer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> superhero RPG. I don't know something. So we had a. a, a, a well, that's, that's City Heroes, man. Well, yeah, you're right. I guess. <laughs> Nevertheless, we had a, a huge swath of games we could have chose from. Absolutely, the, the Brent. And I'm going to uh, lead the dance this week uh, with my offering here. And up first uh, for your uh, perusal will be, bam, Spider-Man. Yes. Now, Spider-Man uh, was a game that was released way back on the Atari 2600. In fact, this is widely considered the second uh, ever hero-based game. Okay. Next to what Superman leading the, the worst. Way. Yeah. Now... Uh, you said you played Superman on... Did you ever play that on the 2600? Oh, gosh. I mean, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I will say, I did not like it that much. And I think, I will say, if anything, this game's better than that. So, let's talk about Spider-Man. So, Spider-Man, uh, believe it or not, published by Parker Brothers and developed by Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers, actually, uh, back in the day, they weren't all about uh, board games, man. They were doing some decent video games. Amongst the games they did were they did Frogger, for example. They did a bunch of uh, arcade uh, conversions, and this was their offering in terms of the hero genre, Spider-Man. Uh, released on the 2600 
in November of 1982. I should mention the Brent that this actually had an Odyssey 2 sort of release. Really? Believe it or not. Yes. No, it, I did not this know was, that. It was in the pipework. I don't think, from what I read, I don't think it was ever formally released. Not in the states anyway, because we would had it. Because that that was unusual, but Parker Brothers did make stuff for the Odyssey too, so it, it is yep. interesting. I have to look and see if it's on my multi card. I don't I don't remember playing it on there. Um, this is a, uh, a this is a one or two player game. It's hot seat two player action, and uh, this was programmed by a lady named Laura uh, Nikolic. Uh, she was responsible for a game called Care Bears, so <laughs> she worked both sides of the tracks here. She did this in Care Bears. I will say, when I was on Atari Mania this week, doing some investigations on this game, this game was released under 4 million different titles. Every conceivable way you could spell Spider-Man, and plus just making up words and releasing it as that. <laughs> That's when you go on Atari Mania, just to find one thing, you find... Like, I looked to see what this chick had done, and she'd done like 60 games, and, they, and really she'd done this in Care Bears. That's all, that's all they had on the Atari. So, what is Spider-Man? Well... You know, normally, Brett, I wouldn't do this, but this uh -oh. is a special week. And uh -oh. so, and one of the things that this game has always done is I remember distinctly the commercial for this game. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. Yeah, I've quoted it for decades, and but I hadn't seen it for a while. So, if you will indulge me, the Brent, I'm going to show in its entirety this commercial. I, I will allow it. Okay, here we go. This is the Spider Man for the Atari City Center commercial. Here we go. <laughs> I'll blow this town to misery. Now, that 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 commercial is, is embedded in my brain because of the line, You're running out of fluid! I don't know why. That line always struck me as funny. And so we've used that for decades. Decades and decades. I don't, but I remember the commercial. I thought to myself, man, this is one well-done commercial. That Spider-Man looked better than the TV show Spider-Man, and the Green Goblin looked good, too. Yeah, so I thought they did yeah. a good job in the commercial. But the fact that these screams, you're running out of fluid, and that's like a maniac, just struck me as odd. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's helping Spider-Man out. That's true. So, believe it or not, your fluid levels are very important in this game. <laughs> They're vital, in fact. So, guess what? In this Spider-Man game, you play as Spider-Man. What? I know, it's stunning. Your job is to uh, ascend up a, a, a building... And then to go into the electrical tower on top to prevent the Green Goblin, the villainous Green Goblin, from detonating a super bomb oh. right, to blow up the city. You know, bombs are bad. Super bombs, though. Well, listen. Those will kill you. A superhero, a super villain only has super bombs. That's it. So, along the way up the building, you'll be confronted by the Green Goblin's evil minions. Uh, if you... Uh, if you <laughs> Yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> okay. And so you, this is good and bad, as I'll explain. So the, your role in this as Spider-Man, I like the fact that the uh, the book for this, the instruction manual, says you get three Spider-Men. I like that. So it's just, it's just like they're disposable guys. You get three <laughs> Spider-Men to do the job. 
and your goal is to climb up this building, but you don't, for some reason in this game, you can't climb like no. you can in the comics. Spider-Man in the comics can stick to the wall. He just climb right up. He, he goblin uh, greased it up. That's what the it's, dudes hanging out the window are doing. Oh, yeah. oh, I mean, it makes sense. Oh, give me a break. What? So anyways, in this, all you can do is use your webbing to go up the building. And so what that does is it creates an interesting gameplay element where you hold down the button, and the longer you hold the button down, the further you'll shoot your web fluid until you get to the point where you've shot it as far as, as, as it can go. Uh, and then at that point, you let go of the button, you can either swing or climb up the vine. Uh, it's uh, actually, vine? I mean, excuse me, the, I'm sorry, the web. There you now, go. I, well, trust me, it's very, it reminds me a lot of like, uh, uh, of when you swing it sideways, it's almost like like pitfall or something. It's sort of very similar. So this game actually has multiple gimmicks that make it interesting. For starters, as you go up the initial building, we mentioned there are bad guys that are in the windows. Grease in the building, yeah. Now, one thing you'll learn about your webbing is it works fine on cement yes. or metal. It does not work on windows. <laughs> all right. If you if you put your web in one of these windows, you plummet. Okay. Also, if you shoot your web and it intersects one of the guys, you plummet. Well, yeah, he cuts the web. Right. If you uh, as you go up the building, the the grid work becomes di like different, much smaller area to to use for your webbing, and there are bombs up there. If your web comes in contact with a bomb, you plummet. Okay. Also, the, the fuse burns it. That's right. Also, the, you also plummet if you just straight up run out of fluid. <laughs> yeah. You'll yeah. plummet. So there are plenty of ways that Spider-Man can plummet. Now. This game starts off with you on, like, say, let's say the first floor, right? If you instantly botch your very first web, you plummet. And so many times, you can instantly plummet to your death by falling about a floor. And in this game, there's, it's not a dramatic fall. You fall, you fall, and then you just hit with a thud. There's, there's, there's no music. There's no, there's no pop and circumstance. You just fall to your death. It's considered one of the most brutal deaths in 8-bit history. It is. And we'll, we'll get into the big By the death. makers of Care Bears. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> so you can, however, despite the fact you can't web a window, you can't web a bad guy, what you can do is web near the guy, and as you swing up on your web, you can actually run into the guy. And when you do that, you get points. You also get a little bit of your web fluid back. So this is a way you can earn more web fluid. This comes in, uh, this becomes more important later in the game. It's also a good reason to not just web straight up. Uh, because if you want to get points, you're going to want to grab these bad guys. Uh, as you work your way past the bottom of the building into the, into the grid work at the top, uh, the uh, high voltage area, as the book danger, calls it, danger. Um, you're going to come across bombs because the because uh, the uh, Green Goblins planted these bombs around. Right, the bombs start out as black and then they become red and then they explode. If you swing through and grab a bomb before it explodes, you also get points and web fluid. Uh, if it's blue, if it's black, you're fine. If it's red, you, it's going to go any minute, so you don't have much time. Uh, when you get to the very top of the of the first level, the Green Goblin's there. He's on his uh, he's on his wing, which is I, I always like the Green Goblin as a character. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. He's one of my favorite of the Spider-Man villains. Yeah, and he has this flying wing that looks like a demon. He that he that he rides around. It's really cool. And it's funny because I've seen people have these in real life now, like it's something very similar to these. So I mean, I guess someone pulled it off. Uh, but uh, he'll stay around. He'll at the first level, he just kind of rings around the top. And if you run into him or your webbing runs into him, you fall. Okay. Now, when you start falling, 
what do you do? Well, you shoot out your webbing and you hope that you can grip, grip something with your web. If you grab something with your web, you're fine. But if you keep missing and just hitting air, you get you better grab something before you hit the bottom or you die. So you can fall a good ways, and if you can't and if you can't uh, grip anything, you'll hit the ground. Now, at the very top of the building is a big, uh, kind of like a green square, the little square in it. And this is where the super bomb is. And your job is to go up, and you have to touch that bomb because you're disarming it. One thing that the manual says, I didn't know this, Brent, I don't ask you if you knew it, is that the Green Goblin, if you get too many of his guys or too many bombs, he'll set a timer on the main bomb that'll make it tick down quicker. Huh, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, it's because probably like me, you don't often go after the bad guys because it's so hard. Um, once you defeat the level, the first level or whatever level you're on, the game starts over with a sort of a different color scheme and the level will get longer and what will happen eventually is that the Green Goblin will actually start coming down the building. Yeah. So like instead of just being at the very top, he'll be like halfway up the up the building itself and it, and it makes it a lot more difficult to get past him because he's actually pretty quick on this thing. He, he can be tough to deal with just by his sheer presence. <clears throat> anyway, after that, it's pretty much rinse and repeat. It's got uh, three difficulty levels, and it's got uh, one to two players of each difficulty level. And that's pretty much the game, uh, Brent. The We should mention that, I, as we mentioned, you do have a certain amount of web fluid. When you run out of this web fluid, you're boned. And you're not, there's no, like, what would have been a neat game concept, I thought, was if, like, on the way down, if you hit a bomb or a guy, maybe you could get a little web fluid back. But that's not the way they chose to go. The way they chose to go was to watch you helplessly watch your guy plummet to his death. This is particularly irritating when you're at the very top of the building because it takes about 15 seconds for Spider-Man <laughs> to plummet to his death, and you can't do anything but watch him die. He really gets to think about it. There's no it, question. It really, it's very... It's very tough to watch, isn't it, Brent? Uh, Especially with the thud. In terms of, there's not a whole lot in terms of sound effects, and it's just your normal stuff that you would hear on Atari. I mean, I think they're okay. There's no, there's no great shakes uh, on this thing, Brent. What did you think about the old Spider-Man? Um, it's tough. It's a hard. It's the concept is sound. Not being able to climb a Spider-Man is kind of stupid. But of course, the whole game is using your webs to go up the building. So, okay, fine. Spider-Man can't climb the building. I'm okay with that. Uh, the way you, it's a high score, it's a high point game, high score game. Yeah. And, you know, you're cl if you just go straight up the building to get to the next board, your your score sucks. I mean, you get some points for actually getting to the top, uh, but it's it's not a lot and then you just are back at the bottom and it's harder. So, it's even harder to get points. So you have to zigzag across the back and forth across the building to get score points. I'm I'm cool with all that. I'm cool with all that. Running out of fluid, I'm cool with that. Collecting bombs, more points, even though the bombs I mean the bombs are less threatening than the guys are, to be completely honest. But I'm cool with it. What irks me about this game <clears throat> is there isn't a way to interact with the Green Goblin where you come out and are successful. There's no capturing them. There's not even making him run away. I would have appreciated if maybe, uh, especially if he's at the top, because like you said, when you get through the levels, he starts showing up lower in the building, right? I think if he's lower in the building, he runs into you, you can't do anything, you knock him off, he knocks you off, that's fine. I think whenever Green Goblin is at the top of the building, if you web into him, 
it, he should it should have a little smoke coming off his glider and just have him scoot off screen. That's all it would have all it would have taken for me to go from liking this game and thinking it's okay to loving this game. Because without that, he is the supreme villain. You can't get rid of him. He's he okay, you disarm the bomb. He doesn't win, but neither do you because he just goes and plants another bomb. So, the, to me, it doesn't feel like the game has a wrap-up point. And I, I get it. I get it. It's a high-score game. It's Atari 2600 game. You know, they're trying to do what they can. Uh, the gameplay loop is fun, but without having that last little bit, that last little bit to push it over the top, the game just goes to, you know, 6 out of 10 territory for me when they could have added one little element and pushed it up to an 8. You know, this game is ripe for a modern remake. And I mean, even if you remade it on the Atari. Because I, I think they left a lot of gameplay elements on the table. Uh, I think one of the things I think is uh, um, it would have been neat is I had the bad guys actually throw stuff at you, shoot at you, right. stuff like that. Also, actually been on the deal with the Green Goblin would have been a lot of fun. Uh, I think they I think they could actually add some elements to this to, to really... And there really there are... Can you name another game that's like this? I mean, there really isn't one. Uh, it's funny because I was looking at the reviews for this, and one of the one of the people reviewing it for Electronic Fun with Computers and Games, they gave it a three out of four. But he criticized it for being a derivative of the 1980 arcade video game Crazy Climber. Now we've played no. Crazy Climber. No, it's not. And Crazy Climber, do you do go up a, a building? Yes. But it's not. It's really nothing like this. Nothing I mean, like this. So I think this is back when they everything. If you were remotely like another game, they they crapped on you. Yeah. If you you have a building in your game and Crazy Climber has a building in its game, it must be the same. No, this is nothing like Crazy Climber. Yeah. I, I, but I think this is. I think there's there's a lot to this game. Uh, there were quite a few reviews on this. Uh, we got some in the we got some Discord reviews. Let's go oh. ahead and look at those first. Yeah, I was as stunned as anyone. Uh, Pajaco six five zero two writes in. Uh, he says I went back and played this on the original hardware with the joystick to get the full experience. Uh, and whilst oh, nice. the game is better than I remember, it's still frustrating. <clears throat> it so is many frustrating. times the web line looks like it attached in the right place, only to bang on the edge of a window and boom, Spidey's have fallen again. Get used to hearing that falling sound. However, there is something about it that makes you think I can do better next time, and you play again, and I kept playing. For its time, and given the technology, the graphics and sound are pretty good, but why is Spider-Man's web fluid black? Having ah. having worked on licensed games, I can say that that would not fly today. That's, a, that's weird. That's an awesome, great point. Uh, the game is a little repetitive, uh, which was par for the course back then. Yeah. And I would love to have a Jungle Hunt-style web-swinging level. That's another good yeah. idea. Wow, that's a good that, one. That, I wonder if you're getting into cart limitations. 7 out of 10. Uh, our good buddy Jack Flack chimes in. Hey, you know what swinging... Hey, you know that swinging vine and pitfall? I'll bet we could make a whole game of that. <laughs> this game had the right amount of depth for a Atari 2600 game. Climb buildings, collect people, and avoid the Green Goblin's bombs. The ability to save yourself while falling totally makes the game. Yeah. I missed the era of gaming where a special feature was different building colors. Yep. For a system that was essentially designed to play Pong, it's a pretty fun game for 10 to 15 minutes. There you go. Oh, I would play. I played it longer than that. I did How too. long did you play it, Aaron? Oh, gosh. I, I played it on and off all week, to be honest with you. Oh, no. See, I, I, I played it for 
Well, it's an easy play. 80, he, 80 minutes, I yeah. think. And I had my fill. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go back to it. But it, I had fun while I was playing that. Uh, I looked at some of the reviews. Here. There weren't a lot of contemporary reviews. But there were a couple. Telematch uh, gave this game in March 1983, gave it two out of six. Sort of a burial. Oh, no. That's, sort, of a, sort of a burial from Telematch. Tilt in March of 83 gave this five out of six. They were all over the map that's, here. That's a little high. Yeah, I mentioned that electronic phones, computers, and games gave it three out of four. Uh, and there were some more modern reviews. Video game gave it a six out of ten. The all game guide gave it a three out of five stars. Mm -hmm. uh, both defunct games and Woodgrain Wonderland. These are more modern reviews. Gave this a C plus. I think uh, that's brand. Fair. So yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of fun to be had with this game. I've, I've always enjoyed it. I will say. Uh, that I did look this up on eBay, and you can get these cartridges all day long, all day long for two American dollar dollar bill. Oh man, at that price, yeah. If you if you have an Atari twenty six hundred, and you see this setting somewhere on a shelf in a garage sale in the gutter, give somebody two bucks for it. It's worth that all day long. Well, get this. Let's say you got a sealed copy of this. All, all right? right. If you if you put this complete in box, no problem. 20 bucks. If you want the sealed copy, like never been touched, been graded, this sold for $1,000. Well, and you $1, know what? $1,000. That has nothing to do with the game. That has everything to do with being Spider-Man. There you go. There you go. So that was Spider-Man from Parker Brothers. I enjoyed that one, Brent, and that's one of the first uh, series games I ever played. So what did you bring to the table this week? I kind of went a different route. I didn't want to go down the mainstream comic I mean, there's tons of mainstream comic book games, right? And, and some of them are really good and some of them are really bad. I went off the beaten path and went with Comic Zone for the Sega Genesis. And I am so glad I did because I had played this in the past, right? Yeah. And I had forgot how good it is. Yeah. And uh, for those not in the know, this was released from the Sega Technical Institute <laughs> and I'm going to go into them a little bit. Yeah, I hope so, because they, they, <clears throat> I read that. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, it, back in 95, uh, and this did come out on a couple of different platforms. It came to Windows 95, also at the end of 95. And the Game Boy Advance had an embarrassing rendition of this release in 2002. Uh, the Sega Technical Institute, Aaron, my understanding on this group is Sega said, you know what? We've got Sega of America. And we've got Sega of Japan. Why are we keeping these people from interacting, right? And so they took they took a handful of America people and a handful of Japanese people, and they kind of shoved them together to start collabing. And they were given free reign. They they didn't have uh, big corporate people breathing on their shoulders all the time. You know, they didn't have that publisher pressure to make cookie-cutter games. <clears throat> and uh, because of that, you had they produced some games that really started to branch out. Uh, Sega Spinball was something that they had done. Uh, and that was actually... We covered that, didn't we? I know, maybe it was Boat and me that covered it. I think we covered that once. And well, Sega Spinball, I, and I didn't know this until I was doing research, it was totally a stopgap to fill in because one of the mainstream Sega games wasn't going to make a Christmas release. So they said, Sonic Spinball, man, get in there. And they that was this group of people put it together 
and you know it sold commercially really well so these were people that were their whole thing was take properties think outside the box bring us something uh, uh, new and innovative and that is what they did with Comic Zone and Comic Zone was actually pictured in the uh, developer's mind way back several years before Comic Zone became a thing and he made a demo reel and he presented it to uh, Sega and said listen I want to make this game I think this would be great and they said are you crazy get this crap out of here and he was like man that sucks so he went on he did his thing and then they were pulling people back in several years later to to look and he brought the you know not the exact same demo reel but the exact same concept back to the room and said look this you know comic book frames all this stuff and they were like that's brilliant do it <laughs> it's like okay probably different people in charge or maybe they had a better day that day yeah so you know that that's is that that's video games in a nutshell man right there so what do you do and what kind of game is comic zone at its heart comic zone is a beat-em-up and you play as sketch turner the starving artist who does comic books and music and is an artist and he is working on his new comic book called Comic Zone. When there's a flash of lightning outside and his comic villain reaches out of the page and actually grabs him ar his arm and pulls him into the comic book while he climbs out of it. So now you've got hit the Comic Zone villain on the outside and Sketch Turner, the hero, inside the comic book. And the villain starts drawing bad guys for Sketch Turner to fight. And uh, Sketch Turner is teamed up inside his comic realm with a few uh, extra buddies, NPCs, if you will, that either are giving him mission advice through uh, narrative bubbles or his rat, Roadkill, is there uh, that helps you out. It's kind of like your, your sidekick along the way. And you fight through comic book panels uh, in order to try to get out of your own comic book. First off, that is a brilliant concept. It is. It's great. It's a great That concept. is an absolute brilliant concept. The way this game is presented, the color schemes, the music, the sound effects is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. There are few games <clears throat> that do it better. And this was this was at the very end of the Genesis's life, which is so unfortunate. Um, but I'll get into that a little bit later. The, the but the presentation in this game, I, I'm sure you agree, Aaron, is so good that some of the flaws of the games melt away because of it. Yeah, you want to be in this world. You want to explore the pages of these comic books. When you uh, finish up a panel in the comic book world, you have a choice sometimes. You can go left, you can go right, you can go down, and you, when you do it, you flip over the panel of the, of the comic book and slide into the next panel. There are hidden passages. Uh, sometimes your, your sidekick roadkill has to go and find them, or sometimes you can use a bomb to blow part of the, the, the comic book. 
and blow a hole in it. Sometimes you hit enemies through the panels and the panels rip open and peel up. It's so incredible. It's so brilliant. And uh, all of this is set to a beat-em-up. And the beat-em-up controls are good. They're not great, but they're good. It allows you to do punch-kick combos, no weapons outside of... You have a weapon bar where you can store some weapons, but they're all one-use weapons outside of your pet roadkill. And you can uh, use hand-to-hand -hand combat to go through these comic book panels. Uh, the other thing you can do, and Aaron, I don't even know if you realize this, because a lot of people miss it, you can rip the back panel of the comic book and actually tear the page and make a paper airplane. And you can throw that, and that's kind of like a special attack. But it takes health to do. Um, so you've it's got a real cool effect. Too. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So you've got all these options, and the problems with the game, because there are problems. Number one, this is probably too hard for the main audience it was targeting. Uh, back in '95, personally, I would think this is targeting your low to middle teens, and the game is brutal. You get one life essentially. You can have, you if you get off of stage one, you you kind of have two lives. It's it's a little bit confusing, but realistically, you have one life. Okay, you have an energy bar that you know goes down when you beat up things, but it also goes down if you punch physical objects in the game. And a lot of times, you'll have a locked door, and your first instinct is just to punch it a lot, and you'll lose half your health. Now. There are puzzle aspects of the game. You know, sometimes you can pull a switch. Sometimes you can send roadkill to pull a switch for you uh, or use an item to get past it and you don't lose quite as much health. But the game overall is, is very difficult. I wouldn't say it's brutally difficult, but it's very difficult. Uh, the second problem with this game, holy cow, is it short. Three stages and you're done. And that is, um, you can't do that. And I know that uh, since the game was coming out so late into the life cycle, I think they just had to shove it out the door. I, I can't be quoted on that. I don't know that for sure. But the ending seems incredibly rushed. And I think they amped up the difficulty to make the game feel longer. So, Aaron, I've talked a bit. What do you think about Comic Zone? Well, you know, this is one that you picked. And I, I fully endorse this one because I, I was a... I thought this was one of the most clever games I still do. I think this is an all-time great game on the Genesis. I really do, and I'm not just saying that. I mean, I think the concepts, the cleverness of this game are just off the charts. Uh, it's really, in its essence, it reminds me if, like, if someone said, listen, we need, well, it doesn't have to remind me this. we've seen it. It's like a ZX Spectrum game where you just, where you've got one screen at a time to take care of your business. And that's effectively what this does. It's almost like a a, 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 a flip screen uh, a beat em up but with, with uh, some scrolling, but mostly just panels that separate the screens. And it's well done. The panels, the fact that you're in a comic book, is I love that, the aspect of it. The art in this, you can tell, I can tell by just looking at it, 
that some of the same people that worked on Eternal Champions worked on the art on this because it's got those same kind of rich colors. The water's done the same way. The animation of everything. It, it reminds me art-wise of, of Eternal Champions, which is a good thing because Eternal Champions is one of the best-looking Genesis games there was. Um, I agree with what you said about the difficulty. It's too, it is too hard. Uh, it's a difficult game, and games like this shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, and so that's kind of a bummer. Uh, but I think it's, I think you're right. I think everything you said, I think you were dead on. I think they were trying to make up for the fact that it's not very long. I, and since this came out late, one would wonder if maybe they were, you know, getting this at the last minute. I, this is a game that I'm baffled, never got a sequel, you know, and I mean yep. a proper sequel because this one, this one is, would work great on, uh, on a more modern, you can, you, you can make this today and it would work great. Yep. I can't think of a game before or since that has used this sort of concept. You want to know why? Why? It's patented. Uh, okay, get it. Go on. It, Sega patented this game style. Okay. Now, I'm not sure if it would hold up in any court, but it is a patented game style. Well, that's. <laughs> I would like to see them do something with it then, because also like Eternal Champions, you had a great release on the Genesis that was never followed up on. Uh, this game had a lot of fans... And it was a fun game, and on a more modern system, you could really take this concept and go to go to town on it. Well, there's a thing with that. All right, um, this was not well received when it first came out. Uh, it was not panned by critics, but it was not praised by critics either, and the sales were were not great. That stuns me. That <clears throat> critics could not um, like this game. The 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 and the critics really pointed at what I said. Plus. The, the style of game was a beat-em-up in a, in a time when beat-em-ups were kind of on their way out. You know, this was late 95. Um, now, do I, think, do I think that makes this a bad game? Oh, gosh, no. No. This, this is, it's not a 10 out of 10 because it's too short and it's too hard when it doesn't need to be. But this is easily a 9 out of 10. And people nowadays realize what it was. Yeah. And that's why you have a lot of praise for this game in modern times when you... In modern times, it's like well, I'm talking about the 1800s. In modern <laughs> times, when you did not have that praise back in 95. Now, you said, you know, why don't they do more with this? Do you realize, Aaron, that this game has been re-released about eight different times? Either in... Uh, little handheld things that you plug into your television or as compilations. Uh, even the Wii has a version of this that you can, uh, back when the WiiWare shop was there, you could get it on there. Yeah, but Sega's pimped out their collection of, of big hits for years. Right. I, that's not surprising to right. me. But it's, why have they not made a follow-up to this game? That, I honestly have no idea. Yeah, it's 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 a missed opportunity. But again, this is the same outfit that didn't make anything, do anything else with the Turtle Champions. And I think, as much as I love the Turtle Champions, it's a great game. This game has a lot more potential to be a money maker. Oh yes, because this is a, a game. This is the the concepts behind this are a more, you know, you can do more with. Can them. you imagine if they released a game, uh, like this when Spider-Man: Welcome to the Multiverse? Since, you know, they kind of did that movie in sort of a comic book panel type of yeah. way, too. Yeah. They could have... It was a match absolutely made in heaven. They didn't do anything with it. The ball has been officially dropped. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so, so disheartening. Yeah. 
I agree. It's a, uh, it, was a, it was a great game. Also, the music for this game, off the charts. Yeah. They released, you could get a version of this game that came with a music CD. Yes. And holy cow, it is absolutely perfect. There's no reason that anyone would be mad at the music. The sound effects in this game, the voice digitizing All good. in this game is amazing. And that's not that's not the Genesis of Strong Suit either. No, it absolutely is not. I was surprised by that. In fact, like I said, they didn't, the colors... The, the, the action, the uh, sound, the very uh, gameplay elements. Sometimes you're swinging, sometimes you're holding a pipe. There's there's light puzzle elements in it. Animation. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, the animation is yeah, good. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I like every part of it. Um, we did, believe it or not, we got a, uh, a review, a Discord review on this thing. Oh, before. okay. I have not uh, seen it. Rob Flack O'Hara chimes in. Uh, I had never played this one before. The fighting system isn't terribly advanced, but the art and design alone make it worth playing. The concept of moving through comic strip panels is original and becomes part of the game design instead of simply a gimmick. The Genesis has a unique look and sound that Sega really took advantage of here. I think this would have blown my mind back in the 90s, and even today, it was pretty fun and interesting. So Flack was down with the clown on this one. That, that is that is a, a good review, and and you are welcome, sir. For being, if you have never played this before, holy cow, what a treat. Oh, geez, take a bow, eh? Oh, I mean, can you imagine someone giving you this kind of quality game and saying, play this if you've never played it before? I I mean, and we run into this all the time. All the time we find out, we find these gems in, uh, you know, diamonds in the rough, as they say. This is not one of them. Comic Zone is very well known. Um but holy cow, you I pick, had so much fun playing You pick this. a lot of duds, too, though. Let's face back. Uh, that's true. Hey, did, did, did you get a price on this bad boy? What's it going for If you would like a lovely copy of this for yourself, uh, they are going uh, for as low as 20 bucks. if you're just looking for a loose cart. Really? They're that expensive. Eh? <clears throat> Surprise. Uh, what, that, that expensive? No, that cheap. 20 bucks is a pricey for a Genesis game. Uh, I, and, like, and if you're looking for... Uh, mint inbox with CD and all the lovely, oh. lovely little extras. Yeah. Uh, 200 plus. Holy smokes. I knew when I had the CD in it, it was time to go to the money bank, Brent. Yeah. Well, this will conclude our look at Super Games. A good, I think the uh, you picked a real winner, and I think Spider Man's a good one too if you uh, are so inclined to fire up the 2600. Both these are fun in their own way uh, and uh, just about equally as long. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. with, with that in mind, Brent. It's time for you know what. It's the wheel, everybody. The wheel. Fire that sucker up. It's live wheel time, Brent. So let me tell everybody what we've added. Oh, well done. You dumb as a sack of hammers. I kind of love to see what wheel. we added. Get off my wheel. Well, you tell them what we added then. Uh, we added uh games that need to die. Games that need to die. Who suggested that one, Brent? That was a Mitsuyama special. Mitsuyama. So we might pick yours in our Retro Rewind piece this week, Brent. That would be the Dick Smith Super 80. Now, the Dick Smith System 80 uh, is a... Uh, I put that on there to uh, uh, celebrate our good pal, the Hux. New video on the System 80. If you get a chance to go to Gary's uh, site to check out the System 80 video he did, it's very good. He's got a bunch of good stuff on the Dick Smith System 80. I think he's got some Dick Smith Wizard stuff on there as well. Bro. Absolutely. What are you hoping for this week? You know what? Just feeling the wheel, give it, hearing its little clickety-clackety. I, I, Darren, do you know what this is called? 
a, it's a gimmick. That is a flapper. Uh-huh. That is a flapper. Yeah. And that is, if you uh, ever thought about joining us on Patreon, you can become the flapper. Oh, God. That is one of our... Uh, Your gums are flapping. Get this thing going before the song runs out. Let's go. Here we go. Man, that's a, that was a mighty spin. The flapper's flip-flapping. All right, what did we get, the Brent? It looks like Guilty Pleasures. Guilty Pleasures. Who suggested that one to Brent? Guilty Pleasures suggested by Steve Rasmussen. Steve Rasmussen. There you yes. go. Very good, man. Very good. That'll be good. Once again, at the end of an episode, Brent did be Mike's himself. Good job. Here, put that back on. So, that means next week, it will be Guilty Pleasures. Do you want to set any rules up for that, Brent? Absolutely not. Guilty Pleasures is a game that, you know stinks but you like playing it well <laughs> is that the stink oh well, yeah it has to be something what can that, it be something that was like wasn't re well regarded by most people what if i like like i don't know strawberry shortcake uh that's a great food no i, I would like to have one right now yeah i think you've had enough oh now <laughs> before we roll on out the door here a few uh minor bits of housekeeping to brent uh, it will be yeah coming. we need to clean this place up would you take off oh sorry it will be coming in just a few short weeks uh, the 24th of July, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is Amigathon 2021, Brent. The stars yes. will align, and it will hopefully. If we can pull this thing off, it'll be a miracle. But speaking of miracles, we're raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. Oh, bam. Look hospital. at that segue. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm a smooth. broadcast professional, dude. So uh, you can uh, hop on over to our webpage, Amigathon.com. And feel free to go ahead and drop a bid in over there. All the proceeds raised by the uh, uh, that our show raises, uh, the website raises, goes directly to the Children's Miracle Network. We don't touch that money. It goes straight to the children. We don't want to be involved in that. But get those kids that cash. It's a good cause, uh, the Brent. We will have a, a whole host of celebrities and stars that are going to come down from the heavens to Earth, where me and Boat and you live. And they're gonna, they're gonna, we're gonna bask in the glorious glow of their stardom. Folks like uh, Dan and Ravi, those guys are great. We're gonna have Kim Justice is gonna be throwing uh, her hat in the ring. Doug from the Ten Minute Amiga show, you ever watch that one? Absolutely. Doug show. Doug's a great guy. Uh, we're gonna have many. Control Art Reese is gonna be there. We're going to have a, a whole slew of people that are going to be Did you say Amiga up. Bill? Amiga Bill is going to be there. Well, I was going to say Amiga Bill. Every year, Amiga Bill does some. He picks some kind of game and tries to like go through it. And he's got one already picked out. Nice. I mean, listen, in the Amiga world, Amiga Bill is like the King Dong of Amiga, man. So you don't you don't mess with him. Would we be a surf or lower than listen, that? Listen, what's lower than that? Subsurf? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have some, uh, even some luminaries from the Twitch world will be there. It should be a good time. 12 hours of hot Amiga action. Then, we're going to turn it over to streaming geniuses. These are more stars that are helping us out. Uh, they're coming down. I feel like Tiny Tim. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> these people are all cutting me off a little slice of turkey. And uh, some of the people that have signed on to stream uh, the second half of the 12 hours of the Amigathon are luminaries like Jack Flack. Uh, uh, who's currently in chat. We also have our good buddy uh, David Z from Wide Wide World of Retro. Stevie Stroh from Coco Talk is going to be taking an hour of it. Mr. Cola, he's getting him a little something-something. He's going to get him some. He's a big deal. And, of course, uh, last and certainly least, 
the team speaker regulars yes. have decided to cordon off an hour for their wacky events. They're going to keep it. They're going to keep it clean uh, this time around. The team speaker regulars are going to give give them a shot. We still have a few slots open, by the way. Uh, if anyone would like to come in and grab a, an open slot, I think we've got maybe three hours that are unclaimed. So if you're a uh, if you're a streamer or looking to get in the stream, check out our go to the Discord section of our. Uh, or go to the Amigathon section of our Discord. There's a sign-up sheet. Look at the times and get yourself signed up. We'd be love to have you. Um, anything else we can think of before we take it to the house, my friend? I think that is it, man. Well, this has been our live in-flesh presentation. I have to say, Brent, after working with you uh, now for a couple hours, uh, I cannot wait to go back to remote because it's the smell it's is the killing worst. me. It I is know. called takeoff. On that note, you go to hell. Everyone else, have a happy and healthy week. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. Hello to all of our YouTube subscribers and Twitch followers. Duncan Styles, thank you for your vector graphics. Mark Dick, thank you for your amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fantastic folks. Paco6502, Kevin B. Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, C989, Jerry Dennington, John Cutman, Retro Algae, Andy Jones, Dave Velociraptor, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Bulls, Bernard Lucas, Steve Rasmussen, Frodo NL, The Hello, Norris, John Schaller, Carrie Heather, Audrey Howard, Anthony Jarvis, Olaf Hope, Rolo, Roshi, and Graham, W.O. Becky. They all have access to our Discord channel, their names caught out in the credits, and early access to special videos. And you could too. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. We record live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.